0: Hello, and welcome to Temperament Unveiled, the key to unlock the true you. I'm your host, Tell Collier. And
1: I'm Valerie Collier.
0: Let's explore temperament. Shalom, all. This is Tell and Valerie with Temperament Unveiled.
1: Hello, guys. Back for another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we kind of mentioned in the last episode that Tell had his official last day at our the school system here in the town that we live and so he finally was able to start his first week of counseling. Yes. So tell us how that's been going so far.
0: It's been good. It's been a blessing. I'm uh thankful to be able to advance the kingdom in this way and just thankful for this uh heavy calling. It is a heavy calling so please be in prayer for this ministry and for all that the Lord brings that I'm able I might be able to help them as effectively as I can and uh maybe may be able to shine the light of Christ in this ministry, so it's been good
1: yeah we uh won't name any names or anything like that, but we watched um a little documentary type thing, and there were a lot of um psychologists therapists counselors etc um in this in this little documentary and it was astounding at how um how far things have fallen and how we really need more christians in that world it's just so secular and so um we need more light advice more biblical truth yes And uh, so we know this is um, a heavy calling, and we know that it is something that God has called him to. And so, yes, be in prayer for him.
0: Yes, we believe it will definitely change lives. What I teach here, temperament therapy, is uh, it goes beyond what most people understand. And like we talked about the documentary, uh, it's total the opposite end of the spectrum of what we teach here Mm -hmm. so what we teach obviously is when god conceived you he birthed in you different types of temperament and that's what this is all about that you are special unique that each person has a calling on their life gifts that they've been endowed by our creator Mm -hmm. these things are going to keep are going to go with you for the rest of your life and so that gives you the understanding of okay i was created for a purpose and uh God gives me that purpose, and that's my reason for existence is to know him and and to do the work that he's created us to do. So yeah. anyways, in that, it brings identity. It gives hope and Mm -hmm. a, a reason to live. It makes us more than just a clump of cells.
1: Yeah. I think in this day and hour, that is one thing that the enemy is obviously after, is identity. And so through this, you know, is a big... This is a big factor in discovering who God created you to be, and so we definitely know this is needed. We know that God led us straight to temperament, and so we are grateful to be able to share with you guys and through counseling. And
0: yeah, yeah. that's uh one of the reasons why they don't make this more universal or allow you know the secularists to have it because they. Basically, own the copyright to this, and they want to keep it in the church or in Mm -hmm. the pastoral counseling side, so that way it doesn't get distorted or or diluted. So, yeah. Anyways, there's great truth here, and it can it can definitely change one's life and gives them understanding. Yes, amen. That's why we're here. So, episode number four, four. five. This is the fourth episode regarding the temperament types. This is number three.
1: Yeah. Because we did the melancholy, the
0: supine, yep, and now we did. we're at the phlegmatic. The first one was uh, what is temperament, temperament? separate, Second one was identifying needs. So this
1: is the fifth episode. Yep fifth, yep,
0: fifth episode. Regarding the spectrum, this is the third one, the melancholy. This would be the midway of the spectrum from melancholy to sanguine. So this would be right in the middle, the phlegmatic temperament.
1: Yes. All right. So, yep. We're gonna start with the phlegmatic this week. And um, again, just like every other time when we discuss this temperament, this is somebody that is a pure in this area, not a blend. Um, and like Tell has said before, this is somebody who is in their raw temperament form. Um, and so this might be somebody who may fall into their weaknesses a little bit easier because they don't know christ or um etc so anyway all right honey the phlegmatic give us a quick description of the phlegmatic
0: all right so as the word entails phlegmatic we get from the word phlegm so that's what uh hippocrates hippocrates that's what uh yeah he he (laughs) named it phlegmatic because of phlegm and just like phlegm it represents the phlegmatic it's uh kind of thick and gross and it doesn't move very fast and that's kind of represents the phlegmatic characteristics (laughs) and trait it is slow moving uh these are the these uh a phlegmatic in and it's you know inclusion, control, and affection state. This is the most stable temperament. So out of all the five temperaments, I guess it makes sense because it's the middle. So this is the mm-hmm. most stable temperament. Uh, that's why a lot of times you can have phlegmatic phlegmatic blendings in your temperament area. But uh, here we're talking about straight phlegmatic. So the most stable temperament. These are the negotiators and the peacemakers of the world. So These are the ones who have the giftings and the abilities to be able to handle high-stress situations and uh, maybe people that uh, are not quite...
1: As easy to deal with. Yeah, pretty much.
0: (laughs) So anyways, that makes them great at negotiating. Um, This one, this type of temperament, they don't have really concrete needs and they don't have very many true compulsions. Um, so that's kind of a good thing for them. Uh,
1: I guess that's kind of what makes them the middle of the road. It
0: kind of gives them balance, I guess you could say. They have a good balance about them, so that's one good thing. Uh, This type, the phlegmatic in inclusion. So these are the turtles of the temperament type. Mm -hmm. They are extremely slow-paced. They can be very stubborn. Uh, once their minds are made up, they're very difficult to change. Uh, like I said, they're slow-paced, have very little energy levels. Um, these t- tend to be the observers and not the participators of life. Uh, they tend to motivate others to do something or get involved with a you know uh, an activity or some kind of social situation, social justice type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they lack the energy to actually do it themselves. So get, get
1: others involved, but they don't necessarily get themselves involved. Exactly. Because okay. of their
0: low energy, they would rather uh, push the buck, I guess you could say, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, these can be task-oriented, but they also could be uh, people-oriented if it, the you know situation calls for it. So they can kind of uh, go one way or the other, depending on the situation.
1: Which I feel like is a good thing. Yep. Because you definitely have somebody, like we've talked about our temperaments, me, I'm a sanguine, so I'm very outgoing to, and sometimes to a fault. And then you are the melancholy, so you are very introverted sometimes to a fault. And so the phlegmatic, um, who's task-oriented, like you but can also be people-oriented like me. Yeah. So that middle of the road. Yeah, it sounds like
0: they would be very good at uh, at maybe whatever kind of job, you know. They're able to function and flow and balance in different areas. Mm -hmm. So Flexible, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, They have a very dry, wry sense of humor. So this usually manifested when somebody tries to get them to do something they don't want to do. They'll snap off with some kind of dry, wry humor, or maybe insult, or uh, snarky comment, or remark, and that's to keep them basically from being controlled, because of their low sense of uh, low uh, energy level, they want, uh, they try to keep people from controlling them, and making them do something they don't want to do, so if they feel threatened, I guess you could say, they may come back with some snarky comment to keep people at bay, so. Okay. Um. That's typically the phlegmatic and inclusion. That's most of the things that would pop up. Uh, they, they're they uh, very balanced people, but they obviously have uh, areas of weaknesses, growth areas that they have to have the Lord help them to overcome. So, mm-hmm. anyways.
1: So, maybe their weaknesses aren't as compulsive as other temperaments but they do still you know have some things they have to work on mm-hmm. um will give us some inclusion inclusion strengths
0: all right so kind of talked about it some strengths they are able to relate to both tasks and systems so they're able to be flexible and well balanced i guess you could say there um they're typically very easy going calm they uh they're not high maintenance i guess you can they're, they're pretty predictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be perfectionistic. Um, they like to get pretty tedious on some things. They're very good at that tedious work at times. Mm-hmm. Um, the work that a lot of other temperaments don't have the patience for. Yeah. Um, they can... Uh, or rather nothing uh, Nothing tends to upset them, so they do well in the hostile settings. That's kind of where the negotiator and peacemaker comes in. So uh, it's hard to get them to get angry or upset. So anyway, so that's, uh, that's some good strengths they have.
1: Okay, uh, so some inclusion weaknesses.
0: Uh, some weaknesses. A lot of times they choose not to or are unwilling to get involved like we talk about because of their low energy level. They uh, decide if they don't want to do something, then they'll try to push the buck on somebody else. Even though they know it needs to be done, they will tend to uh, not want to take on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. So um, like I said, they're observers rather than participators. So a lot of times, uh, a lot of good things could have taken place especially since they have you know they have great strengths about them they just lack the initiative sometimes and so a lot of good things could change or be better but they are unwilling to get involved so
1: kind of sometimes like seems like maybe they can watch life go by without really getting involved in it Mm -hmm. yeah
0: um they have the dry sense of humor and a lot of times they can uh, rub people the wrong way, make them upset, Upset, rather, uh, especially their spouses, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of times they may say hurtful things uh, when needing to be on the defense to keep people from using up their energy. So, uh, seems like their mouth may get them in trouble <laughs> a lot of times. So, uh, watching their words, I would suggest, would be very wise when speaking to your wife.
1: <laughs> I definitely... We were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but we don't really well, we know some people that we suspect to have at least phlegmatic in them, but we're not sure, um, but we for sure have we for sure have never seen anybody tested as a pure phlegmatic in any area and uh, but the people that we do know that we we suspect they definitely are kind of the monotone very just kind of chill yeah plain just kind of there (laughs) people and so i'm sure you guys know somebody that is like that. a lot of times you wouldn't even know they're there
0: really because they're so non-inclusive or you know not participators or whatever so they're kind of there but they're unseen i guess you could say so
1: yeah anyways all right well we've you know, pretty much discussed all of inclusion. So let's move on to the phlegmatic in the control area.
0: All right. So the phlegmatic in control. So this type of person, they need, uh, desire a moderate amount of control over others, but only will accept a moderate amount of control over their lives. Um, So like in the inclusion area, they will tend to push back if, if one tries to control them or use... Use snarky comments is usually Mm -hmm. how it manifests, but... uh, This type can be almost impossible to change their mind. Once their mind's made up, they are pretty much set in their ways. Um, They appear indecisive because they are big procrastinators, so...
1: I guess that's to protect their low energy reserve. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... So, yeah, they... uh, have a hard time making up their mind because they don't want to be responsible or have to follow through with something, so mm-hmm. they can appear indecisive. Uh, they don't typically struggle with compulsive needs and wants, like I talked about, so that's good. Um, they don't tend to hold on to forgiveness or bitterness, so that's another great thing. They uh, kind of just let things go because it's hard for you to ruffle their feathers, so to speak. So
1: I also wonder if. You know, sometimes it's really hard and really does use up a lot of energy to be angry, and to you know hold on to unforgiveness. You know, mm-hmm. I bet part of that too is to, um, so they don't use up their energy reserve. Well, could be, could be. Uh, this
0: type is the phlegmatic in control. They're natural negotiators, like we talked about. Great diplomats, peacemakers. Um, So they're great at uh, handling situations yeah. and uh, a good friend to have. Um, this type also, I will say that they're the only ones who can handle the choleric. So we haven't quite talked about the choleric temperament type yet. <laughs>
1: that's going to be a fun one. <laughs>
0: but that, uh, yeah, That's coming up next week. So uh, anyways, they are the only temperament type that can handle the choleric but they cannot be controlled by the cleric. That's mm-hmm. uh, because their dry humor they use to keep from being controlled will drive the choleric angry and then they end up, you know, going away. So that's uh that's one good thing, I guess. Because they ch- refuse to be controlled, they will use these snarky comments or whatever and eventually drive the choleric away. So
1: So do you think that a choleric and a um phlegmatic in a marriage would be a bad
0: thing? Um, that's a good question. If you were a phlegmatic in all areas, I don't know. That's typically unheard of because it's so rare to find a true phlegmatic in all areas. But if you had a choleric in control and a, I guess, a phlegmatic, at least in the control area, then, I mean, they would learn to, to work things out, work together, and eventually they would probably get to a place where... One would understand the other and uh, maybe not try to push them into certain things. Yeah. So I think they could work it out. It just would definitely be difficult at first. I imagine the cleric would probably be very aggravated at the phlegmatic for a <laughs> while until they learn to uh, deal with these issues. But it is possible, especially if if God brought it together, then they're just going to have to learn how to deal with it.
1: But yeah, yeah, for sure. It
0: could definitely be problematic, I could see. Um uh, let's see. I think that's about all I had there.
1: All right. Well, give us uh their control strengths and control weaknesses.
0: All right. So some strengths. This type is very peace-loving, like I said, easygoing, negotiator, peacemakers. Uh they're very practical and typically logical about something um because they don't I guess overindulge in emotions, then mm-hmm. they can pro- kind of see the practicality of the situation of things, and it uh, tends to make decisions and choices based on practicality uh-huh. rather than emotions. So uh, they're very sturdy in their beliefs, so that could be a great strength uh, if they have a belief in God, have faith in God, and they're able to carry that through the rest yeah. of their life.
1: Nothing's going to sway their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, their weaknesses.
0: Uh, some weaknesses of the phlegmatic in control they can be indecisive because they don't want to a lot of times to take responsibility Uh, they tend to procrastinate be procrastinators again it's because of their low energy reserve Mm -hmm. Uh, they can be difficult to motivate they would rather pass the buck Uh, very difficult to change their mind so if their mind's made up it's very difficult to sway them or change them so I guess if they, if their mind's made up into a negative situation, I guess you could see that to be a problem for sure.
1: Um, yeah, especially in a marriage, like if there's yes. a, uh, you know, an obviously a point of contention, and they don't think that they, are in the wrong, and they are in the wrong, wrong it's gonna yeah. be hard to show them otherwise.
0: So yeah, and those are some, uh, those are some weaknesses of phlegmatic in control.
1: All right, okay, so now we'll move on to the phlegmatic in affection. All
0: right, the phlegmatic in affection. So this this type, this phlegmatic in affection, they tend to show a moderate amount of love and affection, but require moderate amount of love and affection. So they show a moderate amount, they require a moderate amount. So just like, just like they're in the middle of the spectrum, you can kind of see they are, I guess you could say, medium balanced, so to speak. So. So,
1: what size is their cup?
0: So, <laughs> I I guess you'd say from a. Uh, espresso shot to a big gulp they would (laughs) possibly be the 20 ounce (laughs) maybe a 16 I'm not sure but anyway so yeah they're kind of I guess they would uh, show affection if needed but uh, you don't expect a whole lot from them so if you're a sanguine in affection and you need a lot of affection you're probably not going to get that need quite met as much as you'd like yeah so anyways they uh they don't tend to fear rejection. So they have a. That's a good thing that they don't typically fear rejection. So uh, that doesn't hold them back from situations. Yeah. Especially from their loved
1: ones or their spouse. They definitely seem like the people who. And I don't mean this, you know, in a negative way, but just kind of don't really care what people think. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. just kind of like, eh, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. Guess,
0: yeah, I guess because they're not necessarily. Strong people oriented, or they don't, you know, they don't need to fit in or whatever, they just kind of do their thing and they can if they, they, they accepted, have they to,
1: but yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, they're typically calm, easygoing, not the kind to deal with emotional outbursts or anger, bitterness, or unforgiveness, so they're able to keep their emotions in check pretty well. Uh, again, they're pretty well balanced. They deal with deep relationships like any other thing, so. They don't get involved too much, and so their relationships don't get as much, maybe, energy or interaction or activity as some uh, temperament types would like. So, yeah. Uh, I guess if you're a sanguine in inclusion um, and affection, I guess you're not going to get get the amount of attention or social interaction that you're going to desire from this type, but... Uh, let's see unemotional and hates conflict so like I said this type doesn't tend to flow in their emotions Uh, they're great negotiators and peacemakers they hate conflict and so that's why they're great at what they do in that area of uh, negotiating Mm -hmm. Um, will ignore friends and family when they're angry or use dry sense of humor to hurt them or to keep them from using up their energy so um, which i can
1: definitely see that being a bad thing cuz yeah for
0: sure
1: don't like, you know, conflict, but sometimes you have conflict that just comes especially in a marriage that you have to deal with and you know, if you're going to ignore your spouse <laughs> because you don't want to deal with it then that's just going to, you know, cause more problems. So, definitely can be an issue there. I can see.
0: Yeah, it's hard for you to, i guess move on and uh, reconcile the relationship if you're just going to ignore it. So mm-hmm. I guess because of their low energy, be, that's probably why they hate conflict because it requires energy and work to make yeah. it work. And so it's just easier to ignore somebody and pretend like it doesn't exist, I guess. So we can see that uh, being a big problem in a spousal uh, marriage dyad type situation. So, if your spouse makes you mad, you just pretend they don't exist. I can see that that might be a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not like that.
0: <laughs> Eventually, you're gonna have to deal with the problem.
1: You know, it would be interesting to to know. Um, so people who stay single, they a lot. You know, for most of their lives, or even their whole life, it mm-hmm. would be interesting to know what their if there's a certain temperament. Because I feel like the phlegmatic would be, that temperament.
0: Maybe the monks of the world. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: really don't get married because yeah. they're kind of okay with not being married. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it would be interesting to know.
0: What's the, uh, the sisters that? The sisters. Like Ther- Mother Teresa.
1: Oh, nuns.
0: Nuns. Yeah. So the, the monks and the nuns of the world. Yeah, already. it might Possible. be interesting to know. It's possibly it. Okay, where am I? Stubborn. Stubborn. Okay, they're stubborn, refuse to make changes. So so again, they're stubborn, and they tend to refuse to make changes. So we can see that being another big problem kind of along the lines of not dealing with conflict. If there's something that uh, is going to require work and change, sometimes you're just going to have to get your hands dirty and deal with it, and this type tends to... Uh, Brush it under the rug, so to speak, because they're yeah. so stubborn and low energy. So, we can see that being big problems in a marital situation.
1: Yeah. Um, really, in all three areas, it's kind of the same things that you see over and over again. Uh, their affection, strengths, and weaknesses um, kind of the same thing. They, you know, in their strengths, they're easygoing, well balanced. Calm um, and in the weaknesses, they don't want to become too involved in deep relationships because they have a low energy level, um, they tend to be unemotional they don't don't normally um, respond out of emotion, and um, they can be unresponsive and use their dry sense of humor to hurt their relationships when they're angry to store their energy levels so really, in all three areas, it's kind of the same situations mm. over and over again so
0: yeah
1: anyway um so let's let's talk about the needs of a phlegmatic because they they do have a lot of needs but there's three that are their major needs so to speak um why don't you tell us about that
0: okay so some of the major needs uh it's important that they maintain a proper balance of work rest relaxation uh, diet, exercise that will help maintain their low energy levels, low energy reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, like the melancholy, they're able to get uh, re-energized by being alone and decompressed by uh, spending time alone, thinking and uh, filing their thoughts, so to speak. And the sanguine, they t- typically re-energize by being social and spending time out and about maybe in nature creation just going in a change of scenery a change of pace Mm -hmm. socializing those are things that will uh re-energize them but the phlegmatic there's not a whole lot that will re-energize this temperament type they do enjoy naps a lot so (laughs) that uh, that is something that that they like but a lot of times even a nap doesn't really do the trick so to speak so
1: they are definitely the tired (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes having to be pushed sleepy or, uh, temperament encouraged to go and uh be active and be a part of life so uh if you have a sanguine spouse inclusion uh sometimes they may feel like they have to pull them out of the house to get them to go do anything because they're such homebodies or can be introverted or uh they would rather be at home in their their uh chill uh slow-paced environment, mm-hmm. I guess, doing whatever they want to do.
1: I definitely can see how somebody could look at a phlegmatic and think that they are a melancholy because they like to be home, could probably even appear in, you know introverted. Even though they're really not, they just don't want to expend their energy levels. Mm-hmm.
0: They don't have a need, really, to uh, to necessarily be introverted or things like that. It just... That's just what it comes it's natural just comes out of It comes natural them. to them. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Uh, so again, to re-energize yourself, sometimes they may take naps, but a lot of times they may that not, not, might not even work. So it's important, like we said, maintaining the proper balance, work, rest, relaxation, diet, exercise. Those kind of things will help them to maintain their energy levels as well as they can. Uh, learning to stay involved in life instead of floating along. And only being observers. So uh, hopefully you have friends or spouses, if you're this temperament type, who it can encourage you to be active and uh, participate in life and not just see life go go on by. Uh, you know, God's created you for a purpose, for a reason. He's instilled gifts to you and you need to use them for the world and for, for the kingdom's sake at least. So yeah. be a participator, not just an observer. Uh, learning to give themselves and share their warm feelings so they can learn that this will actually increase their energy reserve. So these, I guess, because they're not emotional, uh, so share these feelings and happiness that they can learn. Uh, Once they learn to be able to do these things, then they will actually increase their energy reserve. So I guess getting to push them beyond what they think they should, eventually it can be for their own good and they can learn to enjoy it
1: well they actually use up more energy trying to keep people away yeah than they would if they would just show Accept the love it. and affection that they yeah that their mm-hmm. deep relationships need so okay so those were the three major needs um, give us some other needs that they have
0: uh, some other needs are for understand others feelings so try to be respectful of other people's feelings to keep from hurting them with their drier rice right sense of humor. Um, so try to be respectful of your spouse. Um, if your spouse may be trying to get you to do something you don't want, recognizing that you know she's just trying to enjoy life, enjoy this life that God's given us with her spouse. And so she probably wants you just to go and get out of your normal complacent self, maybe so to speak, and come enjoy some life with her. So understanding when that happens... Uh, not to pop off with some snarky remark that's just gonna cause some problems. <laughs> so, uh, another thing, undertake tasks with minimal amount of interaction with people. So, if that's something, especially if you low energy, um, or those that uh, really deal with this area, maybe finding a job that's more task oriented than. Social or people oriented. Um, this temperament type are great at like bookkeeping, mm-hmm. uh, machining, those kind of activities that are kind of uh, you have to hone in on it. It uh, requires thoughts and you know logic and processing, cognitive function, but not a lot of social you know inclusion area mm-hmm. things. So uh, finding out what works for you and what works what you're comfortable with. You know, regards to work and careers. So, uh, help others to understand their low energy levels and don't be pushed to uh, past those levels. So, that's kind of part of this uh, podcast is to understand yourself, understand how God created you, so that way you can balance your life out right. Um, learning sometimes it's okay to say no. Yeah, uh, I mean that's just part of life. Learning when you know to do things, learning when not to do things. That's called balance. And so uh, it's important to know you can't always tell your spouse no that you don't ever want to go do anything. Um you're going to have to sometimes do things you don't want to do and so just finding that balance in your life. Yeah. Um being provided with reassurance when taking on responsibilities and making decisions. So if that's an issue for you, finding somebody that, you know, can come alongside you and uh help you to make sure that you're comfortable or whatever in making certain decisions. Uh, not to be forced to act independently often or for long periods of time. So, I guess in a spousal situation, um, learning what works for one and what doesn't work for the other. That way you can work together and uh, mm-hmm. for the benefit of each other. So, uh, work side by side with someone rather than alone. So, if this is someone that, I guess, doesn't mind people or... You know, social interaction when they're working. If that is a need for you or a problem when you don't get it, uh, to find someone who can who can work step by step with you, so that way uh, you don't have to feel like you're doing everything alone.
1: Well, I think because they're low energy reserve, they would tire you know easily if they ended up having to do all the work themselves. So I think having somebody come alongside them and help them um, would be a big necessity for them, along with the fact that. They don't need, you know, a lot of interaction with people, but they're okay with having some interaction with Mm -hmm. people. So it's good for them to have somebody that's with them to help work side by side, but not necessarily a huge crowd of people at all times. Mm -hmm.
0: I could see this being an issue in in a family marital type situation. Mm -hmm. If one spouse is doing a lot of work and it feels like the other one's not really chipping in or doing their part, then uh, it could definitely be a problem.
1: So. Definitely, with well, we don't know anybody with this specific situation, but I can see, especially somebody like maybe the wife was a phlegmatic, but she was a stay-at-home mother, Mm -hmm. you know, and so she's having to take on all the house responsibilities plus the children, so on, so forth, and husband gets home from work and he's tired, and so maybe doesn't chip in as much as she would like, and I definitely can see. Well, we could definitely see
0: this as a situation like this if you had. A phlegmatic stay wife like you were talking about and you had a single husband and he gets home
1: from work
0: and you know by the time he's getting home from work he wants to go you know go out and hang out with friends or whatever so he's ready to leave the house and go do something fun that energizes him and the wife is at home taking care of these things that you could see that that would be a very Very big problem in a marital situation. Yeah, she'd
1: be tired, not ready to leave. I could also see it the other way, too. If you have a phlegmatic, you know, again, mother, stay at home, and then you have a melancholy spouse who comes home, and she's been dealing with the kids and housework all day, and here comes the melancholy who's been at work all day and needs time to...
0: Decompress. decompress
1: on his own and so he kind of shuts himself off you know when she's just kind of like i need somebody to take this <laughs> mm-hmm. take these reins for me for a little bit so right. i definitely can see it you know? i
0: would suggest in a situation like that that the melancholy uh go take some time say 30 minutes an hour go spend some time alone whatever uh pray read his bible do some uh, something that decompresses him and mm-hmm. give him a little time away and then uh come in and Kind of help the wife out or give her a break and let her go and, you know, do some stuff, whatever. You have to, yeah. you know, each relationship's going to have to work that out and balance it out for themselves. But, but it's, um,
1: again, just another picture of why temperament is so important. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand yourself, you know what needs and um, you have then you can know how to work out these situations with your spouse yeah. you know that's a, it was a big huge help for us to know mm-hmm. you know our temperaments so that we could understand each other and know what I need and what you need and how we can help each other in meeting those needs yeah so.
0: i can remember times being pulled into doing things that i didn't necessarily want to do but I did it because I thought that was you know whatever normal thing yeah Do things and so I was dealt with being tired and stressed out and uh, just needing a break from life it felt like Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that really I just needed to be alone and spend some time thinking and you know dissecting my mind and filing my thoughts and whatever some quality alone time yeah so I mean it really helped me out as far as that knowledge in that area so
1: well I think like you said earlier that it's okay to say no i think that's really important for all temperaments because each temperament's going to have an area that they're going to have to learn that it's okay to say no or that they need to say no sometimes mm-hmm. um and we've kind of talked about this before but you the melancholy you didn't understand why you were you know so introverted why you didn't need to be or even really wanted to be around people it's kind of that social ex- you know expectation almost of mm-hmm. you have to be a people person, but you really don't you know God yeah. created people who are not like that, and so like well, especially you especially if
0: you're married to a sanguine mm-hmm. and they're you know they they're fine with going doing things all the time, so it seems like a normal thing you know to just go and whatever, yeah hang out all the time, go you know do well with and that's where and it would be important
1: friends. for you to say no i'm not i'm tired' I'm g- it's going to wear me out and then for me as the same one to realize I can't, I have to say no sometimes because I can't always be gone. Yeah. You know,
0: some, if we go all the time, we're not going to get, take care of household responsibilities. So yeah. finding that balance is so important. Learning when to say no, and sometimes learning when to do things we don't want to do just yeah. to, just to keep the peace and to uh, make both sides happy. And that's, that's kind of what life is finding balance. And that's what's so great about temperament is it can help you found, find balance in your own life. So yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing is uh, not taking on tasks or responsibilities they're not comfortable with. So, if this is a situation that you don't want to be responsible for, and it, you know, sometimes we have to be responsible for things, it's just part of life. We have to sometimes take on tasks. We don't want to take on, obviously, being a father, being a mother.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say, you mean we have to be responsible for <laughs> our <are> children? Those are things <laughs> that we must
0: take on responsibility for. But there's some decisions in this life that we don't have to, and that's okay. So and it's learning, okay to say no. Yeah, learning when to yeah. say no and learning, learning when you need to. So yeah. anyways, um, that's about all I had as far as the needs.
1: Okay, the phlegmatic. Um Alright, so do you have anything else you would like to add about the phlegmatic?
0: Well, my last thoughts regarding this temperament is their relationship with God. So okay. um I've kinda of talked a little bit the last couple of times on the temperaments and you know, some things in some scriptures that are really important for certain temperaments, uh rather than others, some things that they need to stand on more than others. Um, like the melancholy, you know, he's very cognitive, intellectual. He's in his mind a lot. So uh, a lot of times that can be a good thing, but it can also be a weakness if he's thinking on, if something's not going his way or he's thinking on thoughts that, you know, aren't healthy or pure or going to bring any kind of a blessing to his life. So standing on scriptures about renewing the mind and putting the word of God in your mind, those are going to, the outcome's going to be having the mind of Christ, knowing the word of God, knowing the will of God, that's going to be the outcome of a melancholy who fills his mind with the word of God. And uh, Mm -hmm. so in regards to a phlegmatic, their relationship with God, I just have that uh, not to be a bystander so this type might, you know, he has faith in God, he has a relationship with God, but is he really on fire? Or is he just kind of going through the motions? So yeah. it's, it's making sure that you want to be uh, proactive and proactively building and maintaining that relationship with God. So that's important for the phlegmatic uh, allowing God to change the stubborn tendencies to maximize their strengths and their potentials. So
1: yeah.
0: uh, building that relationship with God, being reminded that it's important that uh, although you may have low energy or you may not have much compulsions or things that really, you know, beset you, so to speak, that uh, it's important to keep that relationship maintained, be on fire for God, Yeah. allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and, you know, maximizing those strengths and minimizing the weaknesses.
1: Yep. Alright. Well, we started a game when we started with the melancholy, and you have different animals for the different temperaments, correct?
0: Yes. So right. back again to focus on the family. They came up with the the four different animals regarding the temperament types. We've already talked about the beaver being the melancholy, the arch- architect, the builder um we talked about the alley cat that i came up <laughs> with so that's for the supine yeah it's uh pending copyright <laughs> uh alley cat for the supine because they're oh. shy and uh you know off putish. but once you uh get to know them and once you they feel accepted they get comfortable and they can become a a great pet, so to speak. <laughs> Reach out. <laughs> focus on the family. We got you. <laughs> uh, so what's left is the lion, the otter, and the golden retriever. So, honey, which one is the phlegmatic?
1: The lion, the otter, and the golden retriever. Mm-hmm. I um, I'm gonna say golden retriever.
0: That is correct.
1: Oh. Look! Look at me go.
0: All right. I'm
1: keep getting them right.
0: So the golden retriever. So they have down that they're considerate, good-natured, and team player, which are part of the strengths of the phlegmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, good-natured people, not really emotionally based. They're good, well balanced. They can be great team players, great negotiators. Yeah. Uh, the golden retrievers.
1: All right. So that makes sense. Yep. Um. So. Like we did with the other ones, I actually have a. We have talked about how the different characters on Winnie the Pooh have kind of. To tell and I have um, kind of shown us different temperaments. So, uh, which one do you think it is? Uh, That is the phlegmatic.
0: See. So we've had Piglet.
1: Piglet was the supine. Eeyore. Eeyore was the melancholy. Hey. I must <laughs> say, Pooh himself. It is. You're right. Because uh, Pooh, he is outgoing, um, and but he's not overly so, and he tends to be the peacemaker out of all of the friends. He's kind of the one that helps keep them balanced and in check, especially Piglet, who is a little worrier. So <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> uh, he's
0: uh, he gets tired easily, and he wants that honey.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are done with this episode. Again, we thank you for supporting us and for listening. And um, we have some uh, links in the description if you would like to check out our website, saltandlightcouncil.com. Yes. Um, And again, reach out to us. Let us know where you're from. We'd love to know. We'd love to talk with you and get to know you. And if you need prayer, reach out to us. We'd love to pray with you.
0: Absolutely. And again, if you want to get your own personal report, APS report, the Arno Profile System, reach out, send an email, and I can get you hooked up, and you can have your own personal report and know exactly what you are in the inclusion, control, and affection area. I think it will be very beneficial to you. Um,
1: It really is just a quick little test. It takes, it's not, it's like 18 questions. It really only takes a few minutes, and... It's it's uncanny how accurate, accurate it is. True to self,
0: so. for sure. And it bypasses all the things that we think about ourselves or we believe because the idea is to take a camera, they say. Take a camera and it's supposed to take a snapshot of the true you, of the inborn temperament, the person that's really inside of you. So we're not getting personality here. This isn't a personality test. It's a temperament test. Mm-hmm. So we're finding out. Who God created you to be. So they're able to revolve their questions on on ways that get you to answer how you truly are rather than how you want to be.
1: Yeah. And we've talked about this before, real quickly, of bring it up again. This temperament test is the only one that you're going to find with the fifth temperament that was founded by the Arno's, the Supine. Um, you're gonna find you can find other temperament type tests like um Tim LaHaye has a book, and um, so there are others out there, but this one we believe tends to be the most accurate, and so we definitely suggest um, going through um, an NCCA certified um, counselor to get your results. For
0: sure, and it will tell you certain things that you can do to uh, alleviate maybe stress and uh, pressures that you're dealing with in life. So it doesn't just tell you... Who God created you to be. It can give you insight and information on how you can use that and actually do something with it and proactively apply it to your life. So. Yep.
1: All right, guys. All we'll right. have a good week.
0: Yes. Blessings.
1: Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed your time with us, please support us by subscribing, leaving a review and rating, and sharing with anyone you feel may benefit from this podcast. For more information, check out saltandlightcouncil.com. Blessings.